up, everybody, and welcome back. It's Pace the Nation broadcasting from Studio 1A in Clarendon. We are back again for another week. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, as always, is Joanna e. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going real well. Um, Docs is to my right. What do you mean, Docs? Docs, what's up? Did you say sup to Joanna? No. He also called me, yeah, and then he called me man. You know, man is not really... You know, sup, man? No, it's it's not really how's man. It go, how's it going, bro? <laughs> no, man is just kind of one of those uh, verbal crutches. It's not necessarily a gender... I'm not saying gender specific. Mm-hmm. You could say man to you, to docs to your pet to mm. your mom you know it's just like yeah man yeah man have you ever said that yeah man well, i think i think you could say yeah man but um i mean for me i think that uh sup is like <laughs> i don't think i said sup well we, we, we can go we, back and yeah. check there's ways to fact check that you can you even can push if you that, didn't it, it you, just you can push that uh minus 15 on your mm-hmm. uh on your uh iphone yeah and check probably a couple times so well, I, I just wanted to say I'm I, I'm remiss that I didn't pick up on the man because that's <laughs> that's more offensive than the sup. Yeah, uh, all right, fair enough. Sorry. Well, wh- whatever it was, uh, we are back. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. I think this is uh, is this edition twenty. Uh, this is episode twenty. This is episode twenty. Mm-hmm. So this is our twentieth. Kind of a milestone episode for us. Well, really, this is our twenty-first episode. Okay. Uh, because we also have the bonus episode. Oh, that's true. Okay. Oh, right. uh, so we've done twenty-one episodes. So pace the nation can drink legally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a big show today. Um, I, Joanna's got a topic for us that's running related. We'll get into that. Uh, we got the tweets of the week. Hey, uh, I'm not even sure I told you this before, Joanna, but Docs and I are going to be starring in a short film. Coming up this... Uh... Wait, did you guys go to Boston for no, that? No, we didn't. We, <laughs> no, we didn't. That would been funny we if we did. We only had room Sur- in the car for two. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah, I was about to say, thanks, bros. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll be starring in a short film. We'll get into that and talk about that a little bit. We got the tweets of the week. We had a couple questions from the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter sphere as well. Where? The the Twitter sphere. Mm, okay. The tweeting world. Um Mm-hmm. So uh, a big show, and, and and finally we have a very special guest today, Julie Cully is going to finally join the show. So we're very excited about that. She didn't want to come here until we could drink. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but uh, Joanna, I really appreciate uh, you hanging in there with us tonight. It is we are recording here. Uh, fairly late. I know your bedtime is is right about now, but um, well, it's in twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. So we will have to uh, set up a cot in the studio. Yeah, set up a cot or give her some caffeine. Tiptoe out of here. Yeah, but uh, no. Uh, sorry for my logistical issues of getting, but we are here together. Um, I mentioned that uh, Docs and I are going to be starring in a in a film, and I think that was probably overselling it a little bit. Probably, <laughs> but um, you know we're running Ragnar this uh, this fall. Uh, Is somebody making a documentary about your joint, Ragnar team? Uh, very, very. Try to guess who. Very, very, very good. You're you're pretty much on the money with that. So W E T A 
They're like a PBS public broadcasting uh, program. Oh, I know who they are. Uh, you you would probably watch. I could see you being a big fan of their programming. So it, it might have been a good idea not to tell Joanna about this, <laughs> so that she could just watch it naturally just, and be like, "What?" The? Yeah. Well, they launched a new new um, web video series called "Not That DC" about interesting uh, and out of the ordinary activities happening in DC. So it's called "Not That DC" is the name of the program. Uh, the pieces are four to seven minutes. They're documentary style. Uh, so, Joanna, you know, you nailed it there. Uh, they're posted on their website and YouTube. So we're not necessarily going to be like in your big screen. Oh, yes, we are. I mean, they, they've. I'm saying not allotted, your local movie theater. They've allotted four minutes for us, but I'm pretty sure that once this uh, uh, director comes out and, and <laughs> catches all this film, he's you'll gonna, get all seven minutes. He's, he's going to be like, dude, we've got to be. Uh, on the big screen, he's going to be like, "It's going to be a gotta, major motion picture." We're going to put this going to be it's going to be a two-hour. Actually, they run at Ragnar in nineteen hours. Right. Uh, we're just gonna it's just going to be nonstop nineteen-hour film. Yeah, it could it could be. Well, we'll we'll see. Kai Shai is very interesting, so they'll be following the. Joanna Kai can't Sh- stop talking about Kai Shai. <laughs> Kai Shai team. I can't um, believe you didn't ask me to make a documentary <laughs> film about Kai Shai. Joanna, will you make a documentary <laughs> film about Kai Shai? I'll talk to the intern. <laughs> well, the, this guy, Mark Jones, he's the senior manager at WETA Digital Media. He's envisioning that they conduct uh, some interviews several days before the race and then trail the team while we are racing through Cumberland, Maryland, all the way to D.C. and getting uh, footage along different points on the on the course. Wait, so now that you know that people are going to be following you with cameras, will this change your behavior? Good will question. You, will, I mean, have they told you, like, do you guys have to start fights with each other for some drama? <laughs> right. All good reality TV does have some uh, good kind of conflict. I, I don't think we're going to have to manufacture anything. Exactly. Are Last time there was some good drama. I mean, do you, three do you o'clock already, in the morning. Yeah. Do you already have some of the stereotypical roles? Like, do you have, like, a hothead who's going to incite things? <laughs> yes, docs. <laughs> No, the what incites things is is uh, running out of gasoline at three o'clock in the morning. We almost did that. Yeah, and we've got some people who are a little bit more. Um, Just go where I say. Stop following this guy who doesn't know where he's going. Just right. go where I say. Yeah. So, do you think that somebody will like hide your maps to add drama to? It the... could be. That's mm. that 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 mm. could be, but. Uh, it's going to be hard to tear tear me away from my my phone or my iPad, so I'll probably have, I will probably have um, GPS and MapQuest and whatever those different apps are that will for the first six there. hours of the race, and then, you, <laughs> and then, and then all your batteries are going to be dead. That's true. I, I got to thank uh, Kayla Nicolay, who um, is um, responsible for getting getting us in touch with Mark Jones, uh, and I think it. Could be a really fun, cool project that um, we will uh, let all our our listeners know where it ends up and uh, where you can find it on YouTube when it when they um, actually uh, launch the, uh, the the reality show about us. So that's so, really exciting. So block off four minutes of your life <laughs> right, exactly. now yeah. for this little bit. Well, it could be. I mean, Doc said it. They could. I mean, it could be up to seven. No, so. they could. They could get to us and be like, wow, these guys are freaking gold. I, yeah, I feel like they're going to make a series, and then this will be like the first one that's imported to the BBC. That's, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so uh, we look forward to that. Um, so if the other guys on the team are listening, 
Um, they have, I haven't told them yet, but uh, shape up. Yeah, let's get going here. Start training. October second and October third are coming soon. So, Docs, now that we're going to be in this movie, um, I know you're prepping and did a race yesterday. Mm-hmm. How'd that go, man? They should have come out and, and uh, done a documentary on yesterday's race. <laughs> really? It was in Richmond, a Thursday night Richmond Thursday race. Thursday night Richmond 5K. Yeah, yeah where, where was the film crew then? I mean, that, <laughs> was, that was season one. All right, well, we'll get, uh, we'll get Mark on the job here. Uh, Mark, Does he have a time machine? We're going to need... No, that's true. Well, I'm saying for your next race, maybe you're uh, going to do Clarendon Day on the 26th or something like uh, that. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but uh, well, yeah, we'll have maybe we'll have to get Mark out beforehand. I'm already giving him work, and I haven't even met the guy. But uh, <laughs> no, but you did a race in Richmond, 5K was it? 10K? It was a well. We'll get into that. I mean, okay. it was it was a scheduled 5K. Okay. I was running it with three other guys that are going to be on the Ragnar team. Mm-hmm. And it's a charity race, so it's it's a pretty cool event. The organizers give money to charities, so all the prize money and everything in the race goes to um, there's there's a prize that goes to the overall team winner. Okay, and then each age group also wins prizes for the charities. So it's it's a pretty cool event, and um, we did it two years ago, and. Our team won. I'm not going to say we won because it's a three-person, uh, the top three finishers score. And, uh, and I'm not one of the top three finishers when well, I run with he, those three guys. <laughs> uh, Joanna Doc sent us that picture of the, the team. It was the team of four. And um, uh, those guys look pretty fit. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it, there's no shame in not being a scoring member of the team, Docs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for me as well, I've I've been hurt and I've been rehabbing and all this stuff. So yesterday was actually my first day running. Uh, so I had thought about maybe just running the first two miles and then bailing. Yeah. Um, so we were lining up or I was lining up and they started the race four minutes early. Mm-hmm. So there were actually people who were backs turned, like coming in from doing their striders when the gun wow. went off. And then the guy who eventually won the race was all the way out at the start, and he had to run all the way back down uh, as everybody else is, is, is starting the race. He ran all the way back down to get to go over the, the mats. Starting the um, race four minutes early is yeah. a big, big no-no. Wow. And it, it, was, it was really, they were like, okay, we're going to start. <laughs> it was, wow. They didn't say anything, you know. But okay, to be fair... Yeah. Um, it it had been pouring rain, lightning, sure. and everything like that, and this was like, so I, I think they might have just been anxious to to get the start and and get it, maybe get it in when the weather was when okay the weather to get was good. In. Yeah, all right, all right. In their um, defense, that's fair. And it's a charity race, so sure. a lot of the people out there are just supporting their their various charities, and they're not out there trying to win it like you and your teammates are. But that's, well, yeah. I think yeah, I don't know, I I don't know what people are are yeah. are out. You know what their designs are there. I didn't actually interview the people, but if, yeah. if our documentary if guy was there, to, he could yeah. tell us <laughs> right uh, what they were up for. So, yeah. Docs, what shoes did you wear? Uh, black, the black ones. That's mm-hmm. the Zante. Zantes, yeah, nice. Those are fast. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with those as well. Um, most of Ragnar, I'm yeah. bringing two pairs. Maybe all all three. Yeah, you could to, do to Ragnar. one on each leg. Yeah, um, but. W- Spoiler alert. I'm not going to get into that yet. Right. Okay. Um, sorry. So 
we're running and I have to say a little bit of pride came in, even though this this one actually I say I wore long basketball shorts. Nice. Because uh, I wanted, but you know, the, the reason I did it, I was like, I want everybody to know that I'm not taking this seriously. Oh, you one of those like, things. I was like, I'm right. This is just my rehab run. Right. Uh, you know, I want it. I want every. And then I was like, so this is is this why Farley wears the long shorts? I mean, like he wants that's, people to think that he's not taking it seriously. Cats and I are long shorts guys. Maybe yeah, that's the reason cats. why. Yeah. I, I I never even thought of that, but maybe that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. People are underestimating you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to consider the time that you started wearing long shorts. That's a good point. Yeah. It was when I was kind of done with my competitive running days. Wow. I never thought about that. Thank you for diagnosing mm-hmm. me and my uh, yeah, we'll be here mental, all night. <laughs> mental issues I got. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, moving on from that. Right. Because uh, this is not a long, long enough show. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just running the race, and I, there was like one guy at the start. So I have to say there's another category, best costume. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of people showing up wearing costumes and, and, and whatnot. There's one guy who was wearing a box, uh, and I don't, I don't even remember what he had on the box, but it was like, it was like a refrigerator box. It was decorated and everything like this and, and all these. So he was dressed as a refrigerator or he no, was in the box that the refrigerator the, came in? It was like the box the refrigerator came in. Okay. But it had like all this other stuff. It was a really good costume, and I'm I, I I'm embarrassed that I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. All I was thinking, being you know out of shape, my first run, I was like, oh my god, I better not lose to this guy who's wearing right. the box costume. <laughs> so, right. uh, spoiler, I did not. Nice. Uh, you took him down. I took him down. Yeah. So, the the big thing is for me for the race they they have a turnaround you know so i could see the the placings yeah and uh bill palmer was in second place um tim morris was in fourth place and matt alien was in sixth place they they came Kai by the representing nice yeah so uh so they came down and so so then when i when i come around i i do that loop and and then when i go in uh towards the finish you're supposed to make a left turn and run this up this big hill and go through this uh, um, this finish loop. shoot. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's like it. a it's like an added on Got loop, it. right? It's, like, loop. it's really yep. like the last half mile. Okay. And when I ran, when I turned that corner, everybody was just running straight. So I was like, sweet for me. It was I was trying to run short anyway. You know, I was at the two and a half mile mark. Sure. And then I I just ran straight, went to the finish line, looked at you know, stopped my watch, two point seven miles. <laughs> they they didn't have a race marshal there and everybody just ran straight for the finish line without doing the last little half mile loop because you led them that way no i was following everybody people. else was doing it okay so what i found out was that the top four runners ran wow. the whole race the lollipop loop so morris morris tim morris who was in fourth place finished eighth overall because four people passed him just cutting straight <laughs> like he had wow. this huge lead on these guys a half mile lead and then they all finished right in front of him so we and palmer did that too so palmer had uh several guys pass him wow. that, that didn't run the whole race and I was just like shaking my head. I was like psyched. I was like, I don't know if I could have gone three point one. So <laughs> right, this is perfect right, for me. Right. That bodes uh, well for us at Ragnar. You're gonna run about fifteen <laughs> miles over the day. Great. Um but yeah, I mean that's is not a Kathy or Lisa approved type race. That would not have uh, sat well with them. Yeah. 
So um, I have to give him credit. I mean, I I talked to all the the marshals and everything yeah. afterwards because I was like, I was like, hey, we we had guys who were in the front pack that got passed, and they you know they had one guy who saw it happen, and right. he, you know he he readjusted. So they yeah they readjusted and okay. um they weren't really sure how they were going to do it how they were going to sort all that stuff out but they were making an effort and they were really nice about it and 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 you know so I I hate to drag them out but that was an interesting little race wow. race thing start early go off course man wow yeah so it was we won't uh, either the a, name of the race but uh, it's that's not why like it was for a great cause that's why you were like was it a five k I was like for yeah. some people yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> for four people it four was people. Um, well, I'm glad you're out there racing. Uh, we do have the uh, Clarendon Day 10K and 5K coming up September 26th. Uh, I know a lot of people who listen to the show will be running that. Uh, do you plan on running that, Docs? No, but no. Uh, to answer your question yeah. that, that went unasked, yeah. uh, feeling good today, feeling, feeling good. very positive, <laughs> good. Uh, having taken all that time good. off, and I feel like I can uh, actually right, run. You're heading the right direction. Yeah, I, I've been... Spending a lot of time on the bike, I think I can 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 hit the pavement again. Well, that's good. Um, all right, before we get to our guest, uh, Joanna, you had a topic for us. I did have a topic for you. Yeah. Um, and it was actually something that appeared on Let's Run. Oh, another one. Good. I know my fav- my favorite message boards. Yes. Um, so somebody had actually posted on Let's Run um, to a runner in DC. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I, 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 you brought, uh, you, you pointed this out to me and, uh, this is very interesting. So basically the scenario for our listeners is that this guy posted on this message board that he was out for a run and he sees these two guys running, um, and they're going kind of fast and makes him think like, Hey, I want to get a workout in too. So he, this is what he says. He kept a respectable five meters behind them. Mm. Um, and then these guys kind of latched on to them, right? Yeah. And then well, these, these guys got a little annoyed um, and they picked up the pace, but they couldn't drop him. So then he passed them. And then these two guys like kind of said some mean things to him. So he posted on this board, like pretty upset about this. And then, oh, he probably I think just you, got, you missed, you missed one, one thing. They passed him. No, so, no, he passed them at the end. No, but they the two, passed him the two at the guys beginning. Passed him in the beginning, and, and then when they and then passed he latched him, on. That's when he latched on. But who you? This is like what's weird to me is like I don't think in meters. Do you guys think in meters? No, like is, I yeah, thought I that was the weirdest part that of is the post. Weird. Yeah. No, if you ran, if you ran on the track, you, you, I think in meters. If you ran, if you ran track, I, I guess that's probably true. I would have probably said feet, but. I don't know. I would have said they were 15 feet in front of me. So this caused like this uproar on Let's Run. So like everyone is posting about this. And then the next day a new thread appeared, which is um, what is the proper distance to follow other runners? <laughs> we we pose that question to the, to you guys. Uh, tweet us at Pace the Nation. What is the proper distance? What is the proper distance, do you think? Well, here's what I'll tell you. Okay. I had an experience happen to me in the Capitol Crescent once where I was doing a long run by myself and I could hear somebody running like pretty close behind me. They had keys in their pocket, so I could hear the keys jangling for like two miles. Like somebody is like pretty close behind me. Right. And as a as a young woman running by myself, like I, I turned around, it was finally like this guy, and he like didn't think this was weird that he was staying so close to me. Like you can't if you're a guy, don't run behind a single girl <laughs> right. that close. Like that's just asking to be maced or something. No, it's freaky. Yeah. No. So that that is that is too close. I would say. I'd say, you know, 20 feet to me because I, th- I think in feet, but 
I also would all would say that don't you know run the same pace. As I, that's it for me. That's the whole thing. I don't think I ever have run, run in anybody the, that yeah, I'm running run the same the same pace. exact pace. Yeah. I mean, run your own run. We've talked about that a, a few times. That's interesting that it came up on Let's Run and that message board. I bet the guy who said that it was just fine to run five meters behind probably got assailed by the rest of the message warders. It was interesting that there was, that's the most of the people thought, but then there yeah. were some good arguments for, well, what difference does it make? Like you're doing your run, like this guy's doing his run. It shouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Oh, it makes a difference to I me. It's to an me, issue it makes of etiquette, a, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes a difference to me. I'm out there running with docs, trying to get a run in, you know, with him and, you know, hang out, talk to him. I'm not looking for, you know, um, somebody to, to kind of... You have start, enough friends. Start dictating. <laughs> I'm not saying that, Docs. I'm not looking for somebody to come dictate our pace or, you know, control our run to me. And if, if somebody's right on your, your tail or keys I, ja- jing, jingling and... I am I just, on record that I will ruin my run. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> oh, right. We have talked about yeah. that. Yeah. I will ruin my run to make sure that this person doesn't pass me. I, I yeah, and I know that you will. I'm not in that camp, but, but it sounds like that's what these guys did. They tried to ruin their run so that this guy couldn't pass them, back, and, and then this guy passed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you um, always uh, trolling those message boards, coming, mm-hmm. bringing good topics for us. No problem. Um, so yeah, if, but let's let's. I you sent this to us, and yeah. some some people said that some of these people were were ridiculously overreacting. I mean, some of these people yeah. are like, I would punch him in the face. I mean, please, if any of our listeners, you know, have the desire to punch somebody else in the That's, face, yeah. please don't do that. No. Be yeah, nice. Take, take a deep breath. I also have another update. Okay. Um, so Carrie Gallagher, everyone's favorite was L runner. Yes. She ran a mile um, race on Long Island. My favorite was L runner is Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We 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 figured that out last week, Docs. Yeah. I actually looked, and I don't I don't actually think he runs for Wasell. I was he really disappointed. To. He has. At to. least his profile wasn't on their website. Maybe they just haven't gotten that website. Yeah, I, I think they're updating it right yeah, now. Okay. I did. Yeah, probably. I sorry sorry to go to, ahead and talk yeah. about Kerry uh, Gallagher. I didn't mean to take away from that. I just yeah. wanted to correct your statement. Okay. Well, um, anyway, so Carrie ran a mile um, race on Long Island, and she had a great race. Mm-hmm. She got second. She ran 4.30 for her mile. Wow. Yep. And she's she'll run um, on Saturday after this. Po- well, it's the podcast will be out, but the race will already be done. Right. But it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> right. So she'll be racing tomorrow in New York. Yep. Doing a road mile. Awesome. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh well, I'm very excited to. Um, we're going to take all those guys. <laughs> I'm just one of the guys. <laughs> Do I get my Kai Shai players card? No. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break, and after the break, we'll be joined by Olympian Julie Kelly. And welcome back to the program. We're now very excited to be joined by 2012 Olympian Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to correct you, Chris. My name is actually Julie E. Cully. <laughs> it, it is Julie and, and it E. Cully. And it is actually Julie E. Cully. That's not believable. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to see a birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that 
that it's you're you're saying it's actually Julie Cully. So you're claiming that it's not actually William E. Docks or it's not actually Joanna E. Russo. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Are I you, just are wanted you to be part of the party. Yeah, are yeah. you trying to create tension at uh, the no. table? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I just got because here. Because you don't have an E, Chris? No, I'm not. I'm not. Good point. Uh, no, it is Julie E. Cully, which no, stands... I thought it was Julie Cully. <laughs> oh, no. Which stands for... Julie E. Cully. Cully which stands for Elizabeth, and you, you are Joanna... TMI, dude. TMI. <laughs> Joanna, what's your middle name? Are you going to ask me for my social security no, number no. next? <laughs> no, is it Erica Elizabeth? No, come on. <laughs> it's E L Ellen. Yes. Okay. And then it's Edward, right? E. <laughs> Just E. <laughs> Just E. All right, so now that's out of the way. Uh, Julie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. A uh, long time coming here. Um, Julie is a professional. Runner for ASICS, uh, among many things. She was a 2012 Olympian, um, and she had a, a or is still still a, a professional running runner and has had a long career uh, specializing in the 5K. Is this is this a segment where we're going to ask her questions, or are you yeah. just going to read her <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia page? <laughs> yeah. So, Thanks for coming, Julie. Yeah. It says here. Uh, <laughs> so. So, she went to uh, Rutgers. And she, she did go to Rutgers. So, Julie, um, I'm going to put uh, most of the heavy lifting on these guys. Um, since I probably know your story pretty well, um, I'll have these guys do a lot of the heavy lifting doing the interviewing here. So, guys, what do you want to talk about? Julie, our notes say that you're, you're a Jersey girl. Yeah, I yes. am. This show has a lot of Jersey connections. It pretty really impressive. Does. Mm-hmm. We I, even vacation in Jersey. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, she is now living in Virginia, and that was very difficult for her. Again, I don't need to be interviewed <laughs> as her or, but. Uh, and yeah. probably not bringing up sore subjects like making me move to yeah, Virginia from New Jersey. Good point. So Virginia's moving along great. here. Let's, let's be clear. Virginia is great. All right. So I don't like your line of questioning, Docs. What do you have, mm-hmm. Joanna? Okay. Well, let, I mean, let's start with some basics then. Yeah. Tell, us, um, tell us a little about yourself, like where you, well, where you grew up, how you got into running. Well, I wasn't born in New Jersey. I was born in Pennsylvania, but what? I did grow up in New Jersey from second grade on. So I um, wasn't born in New Jersey either. It's okay. Okay. You were transplants. <laughs> um, but we don't talk about where we were actually born. We talk about our Jersey connection. Exactly. Um, I grew up in central western Jersey at a high school called North Hunterdon. Little known fact, I am the second Olympian from my high school in the women's 5,000 meter. In the same event? In the same exact event. Man, what's in the water? I don't know. Um, and the other uh, the other Olympian was? Anne-Marie Lauk. Anne-Marie Lauk. Yeah. She yeah, also right. made the Olympics in the marathon, too. So she's got, she's one up to me. Well, um, I mean, are you, do you have plans to move up to the marathon? No. I, I thought about it. Um, I tried to take the line a couple times. It didn't really work out. Um, one of them was a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which took out took my chances, um, but anyway, yeah. So I I played soccer uh, most of my uh, young life, and eventually got into track when I got to high school. So had a travel soccer coach that never really had to pull me off the field because I wouldn't get tired. So um, he suggested I try running. Did he pull you off the field for other reasons? <laughs> no, no, no. I was. Uh, He's like, I did. I I pulled you off the field. <laughs> 
But it wasn't because you're not tired. Right. right. Yeah. It's because you are mm. terrible. Yeah. No. <laughs> because that's our goal and that's the other <laughs> Yeah. And there was some confusion. Yeah. Um, no. And when you, you know, when you're older and you look back at these experiences, you think to yourself, like, you don't remember any of the negativity, right? You just remember yourself being a star. So I like to look back and think about right. myself mm. being a, a soccer star. I do that myself. <laughs> I know. I definitely And I have a lot of JV basketball <laughs> glory <laughs> stories. <laughs> well, I was on the varsity team, Docs. I was. Junior. Uh, <laughs> anyways, go ahead. Joy, sorry. Uh, so I was. I, I got into track in high school. Um started running cross country by my junior year I transferred over from soccer and ended up going to Rutgers University so I stayed in state um competed for Rutgers for five years I stayed a fifth year to complete eligibility but had a lot of injuries throughout my career at Rutgers so I left a little bit burnt out but kind of with this desire that there was still a lot more that I could get out of myself mm-hmm. um I immediately started coaching college I was 22 years old um, head of uh, the women's track program at Loyola College in Baltimore. Okay, so that was Go kind hounds. of a yeah, the hounds. The hounds, um, yep. That was kind of a blessing in disguise because I think if I had started a career that wasn't involved with running, I may not have, have not come back to it. How so, did you How did you get connected with them? So Loyola actually called the athletic director at Loyola was one of the former basketball coaches in the heyday of Rutgers basketball, I think, which was in the 80s. I don't know if they've really had much of Yeah, I don't know what their then. heyday really was. or But, yeah, it's <laughs> for the, Rutgers. It, was, it yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, it's not um, now, for let's sure. Let's just entertain her. And so he was also an athletic director at one point, uh, an associate athletic director at Rutgers, and had a good relationship with my college coach. So he called her and said, we are looking for a coach. Do you have any suggestions? And I had just graduated. So she said, you know, you should call Julie. And um, I ended up taking an interview, and they offered me the job. So that's how I ended up down there. So you're, you're down in Baltimore. You're running. You're running with the kids. Is it true? Oh, yeah. They can't. True. They can't see you nodding. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's audio only. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm new to this. Um, and I'm and I'm not going to give you any breaks. Okay. No, he's not. <laughs> All right. He never does. I should have been practicing. Um, no, I, I actually wasn't really running much with the um, the kids that I was coaching because. When you're 22 years old and you're only like a couple months older than some of the kids that you're coaching, like and and being new to a program, I was just trying to get um, a handle on what I was doing. So um, I wasn't really running much at that point. I think I was just running so that I wouldn't gain weight, um, which I did anyway because that's what happens when you coach. I think um, you sometimes get a little too tired just from watching them practice that you actually are feel like you've already worked out so um you kind of skip the workout part of your own day just go to the eating part yeah just, just go, go to the stress reliever part which just is the reward yeah. yeah yeah um so i wasn't really running too much at that point i would say probably like 30 miles a week maybe at, at the most um so when you're coming from a collegiate program and you know graduate and then go into something like this so that was definitely a big shift for me was it wasn't about my running anymore it was about student athletes that I was coaching so when did it become about you 
So I tell the story that I had this like magical epiphany. Um, I was at a indoor track meet, I think the second year that I was coaching at Loyola and it was at Bucknell and I, it was literally like this, um, kind of organic feeling of like it that urge actually just came back to me so I remember it was the first time that I was standing there waiting for a race to go off holding the stopwatch and I thought to myself I don't want to hold the stopwatch anymore so you put the stopwatch down and you jumped in the race (laughs) no I did not that's not the way the story goes um but it was a really cool feeling for me because I realized you know in that moment pretty soon after that um you know, I wanted to kind of give it one more shot with my running and see if I could get more out of myself. Okay, so now you start training. You've, you've been coaching for how many years? I, it was just a year and a half at it's, that point. It was a so. year and a half. And did you give up coaching? Not. Well, so what happened was is um, I went to the athletic director that had hired me and I told him how I was feeling. And he was he was just such a great mentor. And he said you know, if that's what you feel like you want to do, you've got to pursue that. You're so young. You can always get back into coaching. So um, the interesting thing was trying to figure out how I was going to make that next step. Like who was going to coach me? Was I going to have to move somewhere? How was I going to make money? Um, So I had um, an interest in working with Matt Centrowitz, which you guys know very well from his podcast interview. So episode seven. Episode seven, yeah. So why why Matt? Matt actually recruited me out of high school, okay. and he doesn't remember it, but he yelled at me when <laughs> I t- decided not to go to American. Classic. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah. He doesn't remember Joanna either, <laughs> but he knows you, but I'm not sure he remembers your name. Well, I think he just calls me Smiley. Smiley, yeah. yeah. He definitely doesn't know Doc's name. He definitely know. knows him. I've hung out with him You've hundreds of times. <laughs> and we were with, with him watching his son at the Olympic game. We were on TV with him yeah. as I toot our own, our own horn again yeah. here. We were on TV. This this uh, Ragnar relay isn't going to be our first foray into uh, yeah. TV. I mean, Please. come on. <laughs> we were on humble uh, brag. All right, all right, sorry. Go go ahead. All right, so There's nothing humble about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting back to the story. Yes. Um, so I had actually seen Coach Centrowitz earlier that year at a meet, at a cross country meet, and I was running all over the course and. He started teasing me. He didn't know who I was, but he started teasing me, and he was like, man, I wish I had an assistant that worked as hard as you. Um, And he was like, you know, are you an assistant coach? I said, no, I'm the head coach. Um, And he asked me why I was so young and in coaching. And I said, well, I really like it. And he said, you're too young to coach. You should continue running. And then he asked me what my name was. He's like, I remember you. I remember, you know, you ran for Rutgers. And so he made that connection, but... I, I, that stuck with me that he said, um, you know, if, and then after that, he said, if you ever, you know, want to get back into running, you know, you should get in touch with me. So, um, when I approached him later that spring, he didn't remember telling me that (laughs) conveniently. Um, yeah, he didn't remember that interaction and he was really not excited about coaching me. Um, to be totally honest. After so. he told you to come find him if you wanted to run again. Yeah. And then excited. when I actually approached him about it, he coach. said, love you him. should move to Oregon or you should move out west and do something different. And I thought, well, I don't want to just move to Oregon because I don't know anyone in Oregon. I didn't know who would coach me in Oregon. And 
So anyway, I had resigned from my job at Loyola and I told, or I called Coach Centrowitz and I said, hey, you know, Coach Centrowitz is Julie Kali. Um, I, I was so nervous for this phone call. Julie Kali. Julie E. Kali. Um, <laughs> right. I was so nervous for this phone call and he said, yeah, I, I remember you. I said, well, um, I'm wondering if you're interested in coaching with, or coaching me. This is like June of 2006. And he's, this is, he said exactly these words, get yourself in shape and call me in November. And I was horrified <laughs> because I had resigned from my job. I didn't have any source of income. I didn't know what I was going to do. And he's basically telling me to call him in six months. Um, After you got in shape. Yeah. And it, you don't even know what that means. I don't really. know what that means. Right. So I went back to the athletic director at Loyola and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I, I've resigned from this position. I had just finished helping hire the new coach. Um, and so the athletic director said, why don't I create a part-time position for you? And you can train part-time and coach part-time and see what happens. I mean, this guy was such a blessing in my life. And so he did that. So I ended up being the assistant coach for the program that I was the head coach of, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But um, And ironically, the assistant coach at American was the one that came and took the head coach job at Who's Loyola. That? His name was Brett Harvey. Okay. Well, he is living, so his name is Brett Harvey. Right. <laughs> Um, did he ever change his name at any point in time? <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> no, another, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. I was I was really lucky in that sense. So I ended up um, training then alongside the the girls and guys at Loyola, and then so now you're running with them. So now, so then I did end up running with them. Um, I got myself in shape, and I ran a couple of races, which I was excited about. And then I called Coach Centrowitz in November, and he said, hold on one second. And then he got back on the phone and he said, okay, do you have a piece of paper and a pencil? I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, here's a list of people who might be interested in coaching you. Oh my wow. God. And so he read off um, a couple of people that I should call, which is just shocking to me. And of course I get on the phone and try calling these people and they won't call me back. So I am literally just <laughs> completely lost at this point. So I called Coach Centrowitz back crying, and I said, please, <laughs> please, will you coach me? And I'm, he said, why don't you come down to American, and we'll sit down and talk. And he recalls this day, the, his story is so funny, because he's like, you were sobbing in my office, begging me <laughs> to coach you. Is that true? I, I was crying. Okay, oh, crying. yeah. Because I was just, I, I wanted to do this so badly, and everyone was shutting doors in my face. I feel like it, this would have this segment would have been much better if we could have gotten Matt Centrowitz here <laughs> yeah, and do his part. I right, know. Right, right. That yeah. would have been great. Yeah. We could have done a reenactment. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. We should. The only yeah. problem is that Matt wouldn't have stuck to his script. No, he <laughs> wouldn't have. The story would have changed probably a couple times. Um, so he did finally feel so bad for me that he said, why don't you start coming to practice in January? So another month and a half would go by before he would actually start coaching me but then I ended up uh, commuting from Baltimore to DC twice a week um, to join practices there and you know Loyola was really um, you know especially having the the new Loyola head coach being Matt's former assistant he kind of really understood what what was going on and what was going to be needed for me to be able to work out with Matt 
And so I started working out with him. And uh, like you mentioned before, I'm, he didn't know my name for the first six months either. So <laughs> I was either Speedy or Smiley. Um, <gasps> yeah. I know. I c- it took a really long time. A recycling of nicknames. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe the nicknames were unique. I know. They're not. I know. I can't wait for a coach's book. I hope this some of <laughs> some of this makes his book. Yeah. And if not, Chris, I'm going to get on the horn of Chris tomorrow and say, "Listen, if this didn't make the book, this is good good stuff here that we need to make sure that does make the book." Yeah. Okay, so you start training with with Centro in 2007. Now. 2007. Yeah. 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 And, and I'd also like to interject that I think this is when we met. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz Joanna was in school. Oh, okay. At American, yeah. Yeah. Can I tell the story? I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you do. But can I tell the story of like when I first met you? Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> no. Um, it's, your sh- <laughs> it's your show. Yeah, I yeah. know. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm a senior at American University and I'm training for my first marathon. No, my second marathon. And um, Julie would always be like around AU and I, and I was like, you know, always in the track. All my friends were on the track team. So Julie, one time I, I'd met her before she was friends with some of my friends and I'm finishing one of my training runs and, and Julie comes up and she's like, Oh, like you're Joanna. Like we've met before. And, and like, I tell her, I just finished like this, like eight mile run or something. She's like, Oh, that's like so great. You're training for a marathon. So I'm like going on and on about like, what a great runner I am. And I'm <laughs> training for this marathon. And like, I'm like, Oh, this girl, she's like not really a runner. Yeah. <laughs> I could I, teach her a thing or yeah. two. <laughs> And then I find out that it's like Julie Cully, and I'm like, oh man. Well, Joanna, <laughs> in your defense, Julie's still never run a marathon, so you do have it <laughs> yeah, over her. How many marathons have you run, Joanna? Like countless, you know. So, um, <laughs> got me beat. Yeah, that was a pretty mortifying moment. That's for me, funny. Yeah. I could actually call you for advice on training for a marathon yes. at yeah. this point. So, um, yeah, so I started uh, training with Matt, and I wanted to be good in the 5K. I had run 16.29 was my PR in college. And so Matt started training me for the 5K, and our whole goal that season was you know, to possibly make uh, the U.S. championship, which I would have had to have run probably around 15.50. Um, and I came within... I guess I'd run like 16.05 or something like that, that first season with Matt. But crazy enough, I qualified for USA's in the 1500, um, which was was shocking to me because I don't have that kind of leg speed that a, like a Kerry Gallagher would have. Um, but so he was, I think that's actually the first time he learned my name was because I had qualified for the U S championships and he had to like, you know, tell people like, I have this girl that's running there. Her name is X, not speedy so, so or smiley. So you or, got, yeah, you were promoted. Yes. Right. To, I know. To Julie. I know. I was really, that was really big time for me. That was a big day. Um, of course I got knocked out in the first round. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Where um, was it? It was in Indianapolis. Um, really neat experience i was crazy 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 nervous um but that was what really really hooked me and i think kind of developed the relationship between between matt and i so um the following year was 2008 so our big goal was to qualify for the olympic trials Mm -hmm. and um we ended up doing that together and uh ended up running um, under Matt, within a year and a half of training with Matt, I dropped almost a full minute in my 5K. Nice. So that was that was really 
really huge. And at this point in time, you're you, were you unsponsored at this time or? Yeah. Okay. So Matt did eventually, um, going into 2008, Matt had gotten me hooked up with New York Athletic Club. Um, so New York Athletic Club was giving me a little bit of money per month, like a, a small stipend. Um, but I was working full time at a company out in McLean. So I was uh, living in Arlington, driving out to McLean to work and then leaving work for practices and then driving back to McLean to finish up my work and then calling it a day. So I had kind of a crazy schedule at that point. So I wasn't making money really from running. Um, So running was really something that was, I wouldn't say a hobby because it was something that I was really, really passionate and dedicated. And I, I wanted to become a professional runner, but um, and it's a very expensive area around here to live. So I had yeah. to find a, a job that was actually going to, to pay the bills. So, um, that was a tough time. I mean, I don't think I could ever do that again because I, you know, 10 years later, I, I don't recover quite as quickly <laughs> and I can't handle quite as much. But, um, at the time it was, it was a real sacrifice, but it was something I wanted to do so badly. So I made it work. So at, at this time in your life, um, you've, you've basically been running professionally for a year or you've been running with Matt for a year. Mm-hmm. What were your goals? Like at this point, what did you think was like, if I do this, then I will have accomplished. Yeah. So I, I mean, at that point I had just really wanted to make the Olympic trials. I mean, that was my whole thing was I didn't have any aspirations really past 2008. I wanted to make the Olympic trials. I thought that would be the coolest thing in the world to be able to run at Hayward field on the track. Um, and we qualified for the Olympic trials. I qualified for the final of the Olympic trials, and I ended up finishing seventh. And in it, the five k, in the five k, and we, it was and so Hayward, shocking. Hayward Field is for those that don't know. Oh, Hayward Field <laughs> is like mecca for track and field athletes. It's a in, uh, in Oregon. In Oregon, yeah. So it's at the University of Oregon, um, it's the the famous field um, that has housed that track, um, and it you know, over the course of probably 30, 40 years has produced some of the best um, track athletes in the United States. Uh, okay. So, so at this point, your goal is just, just a one year out goal and it's just to make the, the Olympic trials you do, you make the finals. Uh, and now what is, is it like move on with my life or is it re- reset some goals? Yeah. So I thought that you know, after that night, I mean, we were all drinking beers outside of Hayward Field and Coach Centritz put his arm around me and he was like, if we could do this in a year and a half, think of what we could do in four. So we immediately re um, kind of confirmed our commitment to each other and to seeing, okay, if, if I can do this in a year and a half, like what can we do in four? So that was, you know, goal in mind. Okay, let's let's talk about world championships. Let's talk about um, trying to make the Olympic team in, in 2012. So she makes um, the uh, 2009 world team, multiple world teams, right? Um, that's, you know, for our listeners who, who have followed the program, that's what Carrie ran this year. Uh, you made the 2009, which was in Berlin. Is that right? Berlin, yep. In Berlin, and you made an indoor team as well. I actually did make the indoor team in 2008. 2008, so, yeah. Um, but indoors is, and not to knock indoors, but you know everyone comes out of the woodwork for outdoors. Um, that's really kind of the the bread and butter. Um, indoors is not necessarily a season that everyone competes in. So. 
making the indoor world team was exceptional, but it wasn't necessarily like a shoe in that I was going to make an actual outdoor world championship. And and it, so, so in 2009, making the world, uh, the U.S. world team, that means that you had to finish top three in the U.S. championships. Yeah. Right. So the, in 2008, you finished seventh. And then one year later, you're already in the top three. I actually was fourth. Um, and uh, the way that that worked was the the girl that finished just ahead of me also had to chase the time. Um, she didn't have you, – you have to finish top three, but you also have to hit a time standard. So she went to chase the time. I also went to chase the time. I hit the time. She didn't. So I got to go. How much of a PR was it for you to get to get that standard? Um, it was about an eight or nine second PR. So mm-hmm. what were so in 2009 you said your PR out of college was 1640 1629 1629 and your PR then now in 2009 is what? Uh it was 1521. 1521. So she moves on. You, you know what's amazing yeah. in all of this? She's yeah. she's doing all of this without a, without a podcast appearance. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. I know. I I didn't get Imagine the Imagine if she I had know. How many yeah. how, how fast would you have run in 2009 if, yeah. if you could have only gotten is a, it is it a five second bump yeah yeah it's a okay. five second bump. Yeah. could i maybe get like a five and five second bump and like five yeah like five and a half second bump because if if i got a five and a half second bump i could break 15 minutes yes we can do that is right. the bump negotiable no I yeah i don't know why are you asking us <laughs> <laughs> So we're, you're jumping ahead and telling everybody your PR. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, 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 let's let's get to yeah. Let's get sort of you make a tough decision though in 2010 to move from DC back to New Jersey, and you do that why? So in 2010, I actually finally got signed. Um, ASICs uh, stepped up and offered me a contract so I could actually train full time and not have to work anymore. So that was really a a big turning point in my career. But um, there was also a group that was forming in New Jersey with Coach Gagliano, who at that time had coached, I believe, 12 Olympians. And he had moved back to the East Coast from Oregon. Um, he had coached several Nike groups on the West Coast. And he moved back and was starting a, a, a group um, actually training out of Rutgers, which for me was obviously my old stomping ground. So, um, you know, I, I had kind of thought about it for a while. And, you know, there was kind of a need for a change and, and more, maybe more of a professional situation. Um, and there was going to be a lot of people that were starting to join Gags's group and people that had similar goals to me. Um, when I was training with Matt at American, um, there, I had different training partners that had kind of come in and out, but my one main training partner had left earlier that year. And, um, so I didn't really have anyone who was, that I was training with. I was training with some of the guys, but I thought if I was really going to make this one next, uh, jump and try to make that 2012 team, having a, a group of women that I could, um, train with, on a day-to-day basis um, could be huge for me. So I was pretty excited to to move back home. I moved back to my hometown and then joined this group with Coach Gags. And that was important because in your hometown, you guys have a, a nice running trail that's three-quarters of a mile, <laughs> <laughs> it's, which is huge. It's for, funny uh, that Doc oh, says Doc. it's just not true. It's, it's, oh, Doc. It's, it, it is actually pretty incredible running out there in Hunterdon County, <laughs> and it's more than three-quarters of a mile. Yeah, but. Doc's missed the turn. There's yeah. actually another um, four miles 
to that yeah up trails three quarter of a mile trail that you were on mm. um but we do have some phenomenal running out there and um a lot of a couple of different trail systems and so we actually ended up moving the professional group to my hometown which was super cool for me to be able to have professional athletes professional runners um training on my home track in my hometown um so i had just a plethora of individuals that i could train with um each day so okay so you move you move back to jersey in 2010 mm-hmm. you've got a, a a new coach you've got a training group what's your goal at this point make the olympic team you want to make the olympic team yeah okay and you had quit really all your everything else you were doing at this point yeah that was it i was just um I was just running at that point. So I, when I got back to New Jersey in 2010, I was actually hurt. Um, and I ran my first practice with Coach Gags in November of 2010 and uh, ended up finishing fifth at USA's that spring in 2011 and um, had gotten back to that same PR that I had had before. I ran 15:21 again that season and um you know, got really excited going into 2012 that if I had a full year of training healthy, that I would actually have a shot to get on the starting line and, and have the ability to get one of those top three spots. So 2000 into 2011, um, you run, uh, you, you don't run, is, is there a world's that year? I don't think there was a world. No, there is. The world's was, always, um, sandwich before the yeah. Olympics. So, yeah. so you did not run the no, but I it, it was crazy because after having left and changed programs, changed coaches, and being hurt during that time period, I think finishing fifth at USA's that year was as if I had made the world team, which I didn't. Um, it was just such a huge accomplishment for me to get back to the place that I had been in um, a few years prior and with the ability to then um, really use that momentum to try to make the team um, in 2012. So what are some of the races? So, I mean, obviously, leading into the Olympics, you got to have some good luck and stay healthy, and you got to have some really good races leading into an Olympic year. What are some of those races that you did that fall of 2011 leading into 2012? Uh, I did a – I won the um, uh, U.S. 5K Road Championship, which that was my first road title. Um, And then I did the U.S. 10-Mile Championship, which was in um, Twin Cities, and finished second there. So I was kind of showing a little bit of range at that point and, and just super excited about, you know, the, my fitness and being able to go into these races to, to kind of duke it out and duel with people and, and see if I could put myself in a position to win. So I was practicing winning that fall when I was running some of these road races and I ran another 5k in New York city with a bunch of uh, professionals the day before the New York city marathon and um, was putting myself again in a position to try to win. So going into 2012, um, I was the fittest I'd ever been in my life. Um, the first 5K I got to on the track, though, I had some trouble and definitely freaked out because I thought I was going to you know, hit the A standard uh, right off the bat because I knew I was in the best shape of my life. Um, and the A standard at that point was 1520. And I remember I ran like 1528 or 1530 and I got beat by like 10 college girls. And I thought, oh man, this is. And this is, this is like April of 2012, April right? April of this 2012. Leading into Ooh. the, the Olympic, Olympic season. season yeah. yeah. And wow. I had had a little bit of trouble with my hamstring in that race. It was a, it was a race out at Mount Sac, uh, on the West coast. 
So I um, immediately flew to Phoenix where I have a chiropractor that I still work with and he readjusted me that week. And then the following weekend, I hopped on the track again at a um, track meet at Stanford. And uh, not only did I run the A standard, but I ran 15-13. So it was a massive breakthrough. And that's when I really kind of confirmed to myself in my mind, like I had the ability to make the team. So let's fast forward. So you did did a number of good races. Let's fast forward to the Olympic trials. Okay, I'm gonna hit the plus fifteen button. <laughs> <laughs> so the Olympic trials, June of 2012. Um, at this point, you know you had done a number of good races, but still people aren't thinking you're one of the favorites to make the Olympic team. Um, I would say that nobody thought you were a, f- a favorite to make the Olympic team. How did that kind of make you feel? Well, that to me was exciting because I was always an underdog in 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 any situation that I was in. Um, for some reason, I think because I wasn't um, like the cream of the crop coming out of college, that people just assumed you know there was there were there were figures in the track community that were the shoe ins and that people loved and people knew. So. I think when I saw some of the Let's Run message boards and there was not (laughs) one person that was choosing me in the top three, that got me fired up. That got me so excited. I was like, great. I, I, this is a perfect role for me to be in. Like, I know I'm fit and no one's expecting me to do this. Do you spend a lot of time on Let's Run message boards? <laughs> uh, I don't as much anymore, but I, you know, I, when you, when you are, you know, in the thick of that stuff, you're, uh, yeah, you kind of can't help yourself. Joanna's looking for somebody to say yes. So a brother in arms. Somebody yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A brother. A sister in arms. Brother in arms. A sister in arms. Joanna's yeah. looking for a bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you cruise through the, the trial race mm-hmm. at the Olympic trials, and you win that um, trial. Or were you, did you win the trial race? No, I was second. That's right. Yeah. Um, that we could a, watch that if that you want annoying. to. Yeah. Oh, the, the, it's on the TiVo. Oh, the, tr- the, mm-hmm. the actual trials of the? I think the trials are on the TiVo. Okay. Um, maybe we should watch that and then take a break and watch it so we can get fired up to, <laughs> to interview her about the Do the, the walkthrough final. Yeah. of the actual Joanna, final? Joanna, they're only 15 minutes long, so yeah. there's, we have both, both right. legs. Both it's another half yeah, an hour. Let's, let's get it yeah. done. Yeah. So you um, cruise through. You um, you know got one of the better qualifying times into the final. Um, where, you know, where this is the shot to make the Olympic team, one of the most important moments of your life. So obviously, you're sitting in the tunnel, you have your headphones on, <laughs> you're an M&M. Yeah, exactly. Eight, eight mile. Eight yeah. mile. But no, so how, how are you feeling the day of the actual final, the day that you have a chance to make the Olympic team? I, I, that morning, I remember, you know, feeling really calm about it. I was working with a sports psychologist at that point, and he and I sat down for coffee, and we were just so excited. You know, the energy was just incredible in that town. I was feeling so confident. Um, but I guess like an hour or so before I had to leave for the act, the track, I I had this moment of just sheer panic and fear because you know it's like a lifetime's worth of build-up and goals. Um, you know, you just, you dream about that moment, but when it actually comes, it's really scary um, because the only thing stopping you at that point is your thoughts. So I remember being so overwhelmed um, with emotion that I actually cried. 
Um, that's you know, small fact about me. Yeah, um, you sound if like I get really, if I get, <laughs> you know, if I get really overwhelmed with emotion, I'll cry. So, um, I I I cried a little bit, and it actually made me feel so much better. I kind of released all of that anxiety, and when I actually physically left for the track, I felt just excited to kind of get into that moment. Like the fear that I had wasn't there anymore. I just I remember thinking. In 2008, when I stepped on the starting line, I remember looking around me and thinking, no one else here is working 40 to 50 hours a week. Like, no one else here. They all have the ability to do all the little details and all the rehab and all those things. And I remember when I was preparing for 2012, one of the feelings that I wanted to have when I got on that starting line was that I had done every single last thing I could possibly do to prepare myself because that was what was going to give me the confidence. And so, you know, going into um, into the, the warm-up area and stuff, I just remember thinking, like, I just wanted to get going. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think Coach Gags' role, uh, how, how did he play in, in, in getting you to that, that point or having that level of confidence? You know, Coach Gag is is incredible because he's worked with so many Olympians before. He's coached so many Olympians, so he understands the gravity of this moment. Um, so he really wasn't doing that much coaching of me at that point. He he kind of had stepped off a little bit and was just like, "Go get the job done." Um, you know, obviously we had talked for months and months and months about um, what we wanted to do and. Um, I don't, I actually don't think he thought I was going to win. I don't think he ever thought I was going to put myself in position to do that, but I do think he thought did, I was going to make the team. Did he post anything on let's run? No. <laughs> you know, but actually for a 77, 78 year old, he checks the message boards a lot. Does he? Nice. Yeah. Wait, yeah. He, he won't, ad- he will not admit it. Um, but he knows things long before a lot of us do. So he's, he's on it. He's, he's got his finger on the pulse. So I found my brother in arms. (laughs) You did. You have, you have. Now I just have to introduce you. Um, so, you know, he, I remember seeing him, uh, in the tent area, everyone was kind of hanging out, bring their bags, you know, sit down and, you know, listen to music or whatever and get, kind of get into the zone. And I just remember walking in and he just looked at me and he just kind of nodded like, okay, let's do this. You know, he really didn't have too many words because the only thing you can do is kind of freak an athlete out at that point. They already know what they want to do. Um, so there was nothing else left to do, but just get out there and get it done. So the race goes off, uh, you're running in a big pack and I'm sure like every other championship race, it's somewhat slow and then it's going to turn into a massive kick at the end. Uh, Take us through uh, kind of your thoughts during the during the race, and then when did it really start to get going? So I remember the start of the race. Um, we started off pretty slow. Twelve and a half laps. Twelve and a yeah. half laps. Um, we did start off pretty slow. I think the first thousand meter was pretty slow, and um, but it, it immediately picked up because there were several girls that were in the field at that point that did not have the A standard. And like I talked about earlier with the World Championships, the World Championships, the, they do give you an opportunity to um, chase the standard after the U.S. Championship. But with um, with the Olympic Games, everything has to be set in stone that day. So you either have to hit the standard in the competition itself or have it coming into the competition. So there were a couple girls that were right on the bubble, and so they went to the front and started pushing the pace. So the, the race actually became pretty honest pretty quickly. 
but um, I have very few memories of the actual race itself. I remember very early on in the race, um, Coach Gags. I could hear him because because of his connection in Oregon, he had coached the Oregon uh, Track Club. He was allowed to be on the Bowerman Curve, which is where only the Oregon employees and uh, Nike employees are are actually able to stand. So he's on the fence line. Um, on the Bowerman curve. And I just, the only thing I remember him saying was um, to stay relaxed. And there was no one else's coaches that would, you know, they would actually be able to hear them. Um, and he just told me to stay patient, stay relaxed. And then I don't really remember the next like 4,000 meters. I can remember the last thousand meters in, in, in very specific detail, but the whole middle of it, it's like that, you know, when you're, when you're so, um, you're in this zone you're in this moment it's almost like somehow my brain blacked it out um but the last thousand meters i got it (laughs) so yeah take us through the last thousand meters so there was a girl who was a heavy favorite in the race her name was julia lucas and um in her interview after the first round she said i'm not sure how i'm going to win the race i haven't decided yet if it's going to be um, I make a big move from a thousand meters out, or if it's this dramatic um, final sprint to the finish. So she was so confident that this was her race that she, and she was so confident in her fitness. And and mind you, in this race is Molly Huddle, who is the American record holder mm-hmm. in the five thousand meters. So that's a very bold thing to say when you're in the race with someone who's run twenty five seconds faster than you've ever run before. Yeah. Um, but so, Ju- Julia Lucas also was one of the few people that had the A standard already she was, as well. Yeah. So at a, with about 1,000 meters to go, Julia Lucas makes this massive move. Mm-hmm. And she probably gaps the field by 20 meters in a matter of 100 meters. I, I want to say at this time as well that the pack was not on pace to set to run the A standard. Right. Because there was, there, was um, there was from that first 1,000 meters that was pretty slow – they were still trying to catch up. So they had gotten on pace to do it, but they had already lost enough time yes. from the beginning of the race. So Julia makes this huge move, and I'm I'm towards the front of the, the, the chase pack, I guess. And she, um, she, at this point, looks completely untouchable. She looks I phenomenal. remember watching it as a spectator. You're like, oh, there goes Julia. Like, that's the race. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking, okay, now it's a race for second and third. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I quickly had to kind of uh, reset my mind like, okay, Julie's going to win the race and then there's going to be this huge battle for the second and third position. So Julie has this, you know, 10, 15, 20 meter gap uh, on the rest of the field. And until about about 400 meters later, maybe about 600 meters later, um, she starts to look a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And it was the most awesome feeling seeing that happen. And obviously we're competitors and, um, you know, you're not wishing ill will on people, but, um, when you're in this moment, you're hyper competitive and you want to win. And so I remember seeing this, um, happening and thinking it's on and, and like you just smell blood on the track and you're like there was this surge of energy between molly and i who were kind of in second and third at that point to just go after her 
and Molly started to make the move and I kind of just tucked behind her and going into that last 400 meters Julia probably still had about 10 meters on us Mm -hmm. but she was fading so quickly that we in about 100 meters um, blew by her on the back stretch Mm -hmm. so we passed her with about 250 meters to go and I remember thinking like when you go by her you got to go by her with in a massive amount of confidence and to just um, go as quickly, you know, kind of get around her as quickly as you could. Yeah. Um, and so Molly and I then came around with about 200 meters to go and she was in first and I was right behind her. And I remember coming around the curve and thinking to myself, okay, Molly's going to win the race. I'm going to be second. Like, this is just the way it is. And Molly's a great friend of mine. We we had trained earlier that year together out in Phoenix. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, she's the American record holder. She she gets to win the race. <laughs> um, and so, but when we hit that last 100 meters, when we were coming off the curve, um, right on the Bowerman curve, um, I remember thinking, like, just try to get on her side. So I went to step out into lane two to try to come up on her shoulder and this is happening as I'm on the curve uh, of the track so she feels me going to the outside of her and she starts to press outwards to kind of push me off and I took a quick step back and it opened up the whole inside lane for me to the finish line So we have a large enough gap between us and third. So we know as long as we don't fall or something horrific happens here, that the two of us are going to make the team. Yeah. Um, So we're coming down the last 100 meters. And it's just the most amazing feeling in the entire world because the stadium is just electric. And in track and field, a lot of times you run competitions and there's no one watching. (laughs) So to be in Hayward Field in this moment, in the final, in the evening, it's beautiful out and... um, the entire stadium is on their feet, like just going nuts. And Molly and I are coming down that last 75 meters and I'm on the inside. She's on the outside and she has probably about a half a stride lead on me. And I remember thinking somewhere between 75 meters and 50 meters to go that I wasn't going all out, um, that there was still potentially one more gear. And, um, I thought, let's just see what happens. And so I tapped into kind of that one last gear. And I remember hearing the crowd, like, because they could see me starting to move. Mm -hmm. And the crowd just getting, like, um, more and more excited and just cheering and screaming and yelling. And um, I passed her with about 10 or 15 meters to go. And I crossed the finish line in just, like, sheer shock because some in my mind I thought that I could win but then when I actually did win I couldn't believe that I had won <laughs> so I was just standing there like and there's pictures of me just like holding my head and holding my face and like having to stare up at the massive jumbotron to like see my name come up to like see that that had just happened and did it come up as Julie Cully or Julie E. Cully <laughs> you know yeah, at, exactly at the time I was going by Julie Cully oh. so those so were dar- you, dark days. Yeah. <laughs> they were dark days. So you had uh, run sixteen twenty nine in college, and then you just won the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Molly was, you know, a national champion in in college, mm-hmm. or a perennial contender for a national title in college. 
and you just beat her and beat the rest of the country and won and earned a trip to go to London. Um, yeah. The thing I remember was how incredible that was. And then, because I was there at the meeting, and then eight seconds later, the crowd erupts again. And behind you, there was this ridiculous race for third. Yeah, and they really made me mad because they stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I had just won my first national title, and the Olympic I, trials, I, and I, yeah, and, and I won the Olympic trials, and I'm oh my god, I'm going to the Olympics! Like this is amazing. And then, okay, this killed me. Let's run. dot com. The next day, the one of the the Johnson brothers Headlines. posted. Does anyone even remember who won that race? Because the oh. race for third was so memorable and i was like no this is like the pinnacle of my running career and you know they were obviously not being very nice but um the race for third was unreal so that was kim conley ended up getting that third spot so when molly and i passed julia lucas with 250 to go julia was really struggling but she was holding on to third and she had a an enormous lead enormous. over the yeah. fourth and fifth place. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. It was it, to watch that last lap for her is is so sad. Gut wrenching. It's gut wrenching. Yeah. It's it's awful because her body literally was shutting down. Yeah. She had run out of gas, and in the final few meters, she thinks she's got it, and she's coming up, about to come across the line, and fourth and fifth are flying down um, the home stretch and with such crazy momentum and Kim Conley dives across the line chest out and Julia's foot was in front of uh, was the first thing to cross the line but in track and field and I I guess in road racing and such it's always by chest your torso Um, and and (laughs) Kim Conley had some for a distance runner some crazy sprinter lean um, and had had gotten nabbed that third spot, and Kim that, Conley was one of the women who had not gotten the A standard coming into that race, and she actually had gone to the front earlier in the race to try to get make the pace more honest, and she got under the standard. She ran fifteen nineteen point eight or something like that. It was obscene. It it was she just barely got under it. Yeah. yeah. And and she like her reaction was ten times better than was, mine. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well she she knew that what she did, but then when she saw the time on the board yeah. she we were she, waiting. So she had like a she knew she got third and then she saw the time on the board. So it was like another reaction like yeah. that she also got the time. It was incredible. And and Kim's such a awesome she's just a great girl and so I was just so pumped for her. But it was. She's not. That, she's not going to listen to this. You can tell us that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. It, it's she. She is a nice girl. Um, Julia, on the other hand, was and I have always kind of been rivals. So. Is it because um, your names are so similar? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. got to be what it was. Julie A and Julie E. Yeah. That's right. Julia and Julie. Well, there's an A and an E. E. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, Kim had 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 the reaction to seeing that time because i think when julia crossed the finish line even in fourth she still thought she was going to make the team because i thought she got fifth or f- was it fifth she I might think, even got fifth because diagostino got fourth yeah, yeah. Oh. but neither one of them had the standard at that time. correct yeah so i think she still thought that she was going to make that team and so when the when the uh, actual times came flashing across the board it was 
just I mean, but this wonderful moment for Kim and uh, such a killer moment for the other two. This is this is one of the things that when I watch that race too, though, that I think about is that she's one of the few people that has the A standard, mm-hmm. and because she went nuts with twelve hundred to go or eight hundred right. to go, whatever it was, she made she pushed these other women to get the A standard. If she had just stayed held back and and whatever. They wouldn't have gotten it, and it wouldn't have mattered if she finished eighth. I know. She probably thinks that often. She mm-hmm. does, and it's... it's <laughs> actually, think, no. I think about it a lot. She <laughs> must think about it a lot. Well, <laughs> I think professional athletes, they'll learn to like deal with these losses, right? And I then don't you know. Move on. Well, I don't know with her, because mm-hmm. she never really came back. She, I mean, she was so heartbroken. But, you know, I heard from some kids that went to a camp that she spoke at, like, a couple years ago, that she actually says she has no regrets about that race. And I think to myself, if, I've heard if that, that was too. me, I have major <laughs> regrets. Like, why didn't I, I have, go back a little bit? But I have regrets about that race for <laughs> her. You weren't even in it. Yeah. For her. Right. It, it is. I mean, it's it's such a difference between being an Olympian and then, you know, Julia, she's never going to get that shot again. Um, and it's just that moment of the decision to move at that time or the decision to, you know. You know, run run the race like she did uh, may have kept her off the team and changed the course of her life. And yeah. I'm not overstating it by saying that. I don't think. Yeah, but we're we're not talking about what happened in second, third, fourth. That's we're right. talking about what happened in the front. That's right. That's yeah. right. Which yeah, see, I went down the trap of going to, to mm-hmm. talking about that. I went down the Weldon Johnson Let's Run dot com trap. Mm-hmm. Way to go! Well, well yeah. I do think I do think that that it's an interesting race. I mean, it was yeah. it, it, like, there was a lot of drama. Yeah. There was, yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, it was pretty cool because um, people were talking about the women's five thousand meters of all the events on the track, men's and women's. They were talking about the women's five thousand yeah. meter being the highlight of the entire Olympic trials. That's what I'm saying. It was it was yeah. a very interesting race. It yeah. was it was uh, it was. A lot of storylines. I mean, there's a yeah. thirty for thirty there, or something. Yeah. If uh, if if someone at ESPN or a podcast recap, yeah, whatever. Yeah, either way. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. We're we're not as popular as Kai Shai, so that's very true. Yeah, maybe a two minute documentary <laughs> <laughs> versus a four minute documentary. Well, you actually did go to London that summer too, and um, I did. You're right. Yeah. No. I was, <laughs> yeah. You and I did. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You and I had a big party there. It was McCarney amazing. Was there too, and, yeah. and McCartney. Yep. So why did you go to Julie? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually did, but mm. I actually. Actually, one of the funny stories about the end of the Olympic trials, like the actual race itself. So they, you know, they do a quick interview for NBC and then they hand you a flag and you get to do your victory lap with, you know, the three girls that make the team. And so, you know, we do the victory lap and we come around and I remember like seeing my parents up in the stands and I'm, you know, waving to them and they're in complete shock. And then all of a sudden I go towards the you know, the, the finish line of the track where they actually like escort you off. And somehow Chris Farley is standing on the track. <laughs> like no, no one is allowed anywhere on the track. I mean, you can't get there. Like he was literally standing in front of all the cameras and the media people just standing there in shock. How did you get on the track? I, he I, doesn't I, know. I, somehow I like meandered my way on the track. And next thing I, I know, I'm like standing next to Lewis Johnson, like hanging out. <laughs> It was unbelievable. Uh, I was like, how did you get here? He's yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just walked in. I walked in and, <laughs> you know, I, 
I decided to to not do the victory lap with her. I think that would have been a little, <laughs> a little make awkward. It all a little about too much. Me. Yeah. A little too much. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. I, well, I'm going to interject something about me, too. Yeah, so, please do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll tell a story about me. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll get back to you, Julie. Okay. okay. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, this is our I'm show. I'm glad I evoked Julie, so many so, stories yeah. out Go of ahead, you guys. Joanna, yeah. Well, so in 2009, when Kara Goucher ran the Boston Marathon, um, I was a big Kara fan in those days. And KG. KG, right. And so she had a really heartbreaking race where she got third. Um, and the, kind of the same thing happened where when the athletes finish at the Boston Marathon, they go through a tent and then they go to the media tent. Mm-hmm. And there's barricades up. And I just kind of walked right through. Wow. And nobody... At the Boston Marathon? At the Boston... Well, this was 2009. Oh, this was 2009. <laughs> yeah. No, but still there. I mean, that's tight security. Well, and because mm. I just kind of... I just like... I have my hat on. I got my little backpack and I just... I'm just walking. Like, I'm not stopping. I'm not hesitating. I just like walk in. And then I'm like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> like, I'm here. Yeah, Shoot. well... And then Kara comes through the tent and I like say something really lame to her. And they... Her... What? I don't remember. No, come on. <laughs> I don't come remember. <laughs> but so her. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. But it, like her, Adam and Alberto Salazar are walking through and she's, she's very upset. And um, I say something to her and then she looks up and then Adam says Ari. Cause they, I guess they thought I was Ari Lambie, which was a Stanford runner that oh, yeah. I mildly resemble. Oh my um, gosh. I never thought about that. Yeah. So then the, and then at this point, then the security guide has noticed that I'm not really supposed to be in there. Yeah. Um, but because they had like acknowledged me he was like oh yeah she's she's cool she's, but yeah. then it was like so awkward because i was like oh hey what hey, do i do now yeah hey guys <laughs> yeah. did you say you were ari yeah no i i because I, I actually at the time i didn't know who she was so uh, i'm like what are i'm not ari you could have said yeah you you didn't want to go into the doppelganger and then have to describe the umlauts on top that would have been, been a whole thing you didn't need to do that that's true. Yeah, a whole 10 minutes of the podcast yeah, yeah. But, uh, that, do- but that's a case for at, yeah. at track and field events. It seems like if you just like just go places, you gotta you gotta act like you you belong. If yeah, you don't have the credentials, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's I'm not making a case for that though. <laughs> no, 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 that's not mm, good point. Uh, good point. Docs, your story now. Mm. Uh, when I was like 12, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you could tell something about the Olympics. Us at the Olympics. I don't really. Well, I have. Uh, that's a different show. Yeah, we need a whole new podcast for th- for that. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So you're going to London mm-hmm. with um, credentials, with credentials, with the proper credentials mm-hmm. in tow. Um, I remember you you actually went to Europe early uh, because you guys wanted to go see uh, a Dr. Seuss movie. Oh, that's with right. Danny DeVito. <laughs> they did, yeah. Yeah, what was that? Well, I don't, oh, think, the that's the, I don't yeah. think that's the reason why they were there. They were at a training camp and did see and happened to see the Lorax. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Good memory, Docs. We got to walk down the orange carpet. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure Farley, I don't think you would know. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they went to see that premiere. Yeah, I'm sure that's the reason why they went there um, early. Right. But so you're, you're already over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about like getting to london when like because you you've, you're bouncing around you ran in maybe monaco you ran in france mm-hmm. uh which is not monaco and <laughs> uh belgium or something like mm-hmm. this and then then you're up in what birmingham birmingham yeah yeah uh to watch a movie yeah to watch a movie. <laughs> so so now you're going to london yeah that was really cool um it was kind of like waking up on christmas morning because you're you're getting in a, a bus with all the U.S. Um, track and field athletes, and you're just 
on your way to the Olympics. Like, hey, here we go. We're going to finish up inside the, the village. So um, it was a couple-hour drive, and we got there, and the, the credentialing and stuff took quite a bit of time. Um, the security around the village is unreal. Um, so we didn't actually drive through the city of London, um, but we um, went straight to, to the village, and, man, it was awesome. So we, we got all of our credentialing and stuff, and then they showed us where our rooms are, and... Um, you know, the first thing that you do when you get into the village is go and check out the dining hall because that's like mm. the best experience. Ever. Unlimited McDonald's. Unlimited McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's a dining hall that's open 24 hours and it is like the size, I think, of like six Costco's they were saying. I oh mean, my it's God. absolutely massive. And they have food from every continent in the world. So, so th- do you have to eat food from like your continent? No, you eat from anywhere. So you could eat yeah. penguins. <laughs> you could eat penguins if it was uh-huh. available. I imagine that would be what they serve from Antarctica. Right. Well, I think <laughs> they would serve what penguins eat, right? Well, well seals eat penguins. Oh, I guess that's so true. So seal right. and penguin. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah whales eat seals. <laughs> and wh- so they don't have any vegetables there? <laughs> Too cold, dude. <laughs> okay, good point. All right. Anyways, we are we are you know we're going long here and, and digressing mm-hmm. on, but okay, mm-hmm. go go dining uh, hall. Dining yeah, hall. So yes, the, gr- thank but you, the greatest Joanna. part about the dining hall is there is actually a twenty four hour McDonald's, and it's everything is free. So you just yeah you just walk up. And it's get not the as greatest part of I mean McDonald's as you want. No, every single That's Olympic so athlete. American. They, no, no, no. Other other countries too. Every single athlete was talking about the McDonald's. McDonald's yeah. And after they would compete, they would talk about the McDonald's. Some mm. of the some of the guys were probably talking about. They don't it eat too McDonald's soon. though. Yeah. Well. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? McDonald's had the longest line of any of the stations there. After I mean, the athletes were done with their events. Oh, I. I You'd argue to before. <laughs> okay. It depends what it depends what the what event the event was. is. Yeah, the, that's the, true. The, the throwers are you know yeah. the, some a lot of them. It's like the heavier they are, the better they're going to throw. True. So, so so all the athletes from all the sports go to the same dining hall. Yeah. So do they mingle, or is there like a track table and like a crew table? Yeah, you tend to go with your your sport, but if people know each other through different sports, they'll they'll sit together. But and and, uh, and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant weren't walking. Yeah, around unfortunately, there. they were not really into the dining hall experience yeah. so those guys were not staying in the village they cause a little bit of a ruckus when they do come because everybody wants to meet them oh yeah Kevin, so what about the gymnasts yeah the gymnasts were there they were no they but were, were they causing a ruckus no it's just when they you know when they did really well Everyone was did you did you have them. a roommate yeah molly was my roommate oh nice yeah we got to pick our roommates so molly and i know each other really well and we knew we'd be on the exact same training schedule so it made it pretty easy. The other cool part about being on Team USA for track and field, particularly, um, this is like the one time that track and field is like a premier sport. So the two premier sports of the Summer Olympics are swimming and track and field. Um, and, and gymnastics. And gymnastics, yeah. Um, but we have a lot larger squads than the, than the gymnastics squad. So they actually refinished a practice track for us so the actual olympic um next to the olympic stadium is a is a practice track but it is so chaotic because you've got people speaking all different languages people are doing um 
distance workouts. Some people are doing sprint workouts. You've got hurdles in the way. So it's it's actually almost dangerous. So the U.S. is like, okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, we're just going to build our own complex. <laughs> so this is like the one time you actually feel like a rock star. So the U.S. spent like $5 million to refinish a complex about 10 minutes away wow. that, that they would shuttle us to every day. So they, they had... Um, Security there too, too, so, too, so that, too, so that no, no one from the public could come in. And Although Chris oh. Farley was wandering around on the track <laughs> yeah. every other day, yeah. no one really understood how that guy got in there. Well, but, he did it, yeah, but somehow. Um, so it was really nice for us because we would have our own private place to go to and practice, and uh, then we would have our team doctors there, chiropractors, physical therapists, nutritionists. Everybody was at the track, so you could do a workout and get you know, any type of therapy you needed, um, before heading back to the village. So that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. And then I ran a race. So yeah. The <laughs> ra- so take, yeah, take us through. The, well, the, I think we skipped another one. What about the opening ceremonies? Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. The opening ceremonies. Um, the one nice thing about, um, so swimming goes the first week and track goes the second week. So we had almost 10 days before we started competing mm-hmm. once the, the opening games, um, the, the first day. So we were actually able to go to the opening games. They, they tell you if you're competing within, you know, one to two to three days of, of the opening games, that you probably shouldn't go to the opening games because you literally stand on your feet for about six hours. Is it the opening games or the opening ceremonies? Opening ceremonies. I'm sorry. I'm not, even I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you believe this? No. no, no. I'm believe such this. an amateur. Oh. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an Olympic amateur. Um <laughs> So, so we actually were able to, to do the, to, to walk in the ceremonies, which was pretty cool. But the way I describe it is, you know, the, the athletes, if, if you really think back on, on the opening ceremonies, the athletes don't actually come in till the end of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So they start, they actually stage the athletes for hours outside of the, the stadium. Yeah. But you really come in at the end. So we missed the entire opening you ceremony. You did not miss anything. Yeah. It's well, so <laughs> yeah. stupid. As, as, far as, as far as we heard, it wasn't that great. But um, so you, it's like, it's literally like walking into Times Square at like 12, one uh new year's day um because new year's eve new year's day because there's just like ticker tape flying through the air it feels like you just walked into this massive party celebration but it's over (laughs) you know so it's like everyone's so excited because the athletes are starting to come in and we're so excited because we're there and this is it this is our moment in the opening ceremonies but it's like this really strange feeling where they kind of parade you around and there's all this ticker tape and people are like excited that you're there but it's not like people are clapping so there's just weird like there's music but it just is a strange feeling and, and then, then they and then lady, they walk you out and then it's over and then some lady is like announcing your the name of the country in french yeah so yeah. instead of instead of going behind uganda you have to go behind estonia <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's uh i mean it was really cool and incredible experience but you know if i made another olympic team i'm not sure i would need to do that again all right, so the race. You actually did run a race eventually. And there, there it wasn't just one. There were heats. Yeah. There were heats, yep. Yeah, so our first round heat. was in the morning. Um, and, and having run in Berlin in the 2009 World Championships, um, I remember walking into the stadium just having this expectation that there was going to be no people or that there was going to be a ton of people there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh, you're at the World Championships. Like, this is incredible. And yeah. you walked in, and in Berlin there was, like, almost – 
I, I could probably count on one hand how many people were there. For and that the was probably sessions. a morning session too. Yeah. It was a morning session. So I remember thinking to myself like, okay, this is the morning session of the Olympics. It's the first round. Like this is going to be pretty quiet. And I walked in and there was 80,000 people in the stadium. Oh, God. Well, so let me tell like, you why. Uh, why? Do you know why? Why? Because it's the Olympics. You saying Bolt also, they were doing the yeah, 200 I prelims. <laughs> I know. I know. And we actually were like, yeah, well, maybe this is going to be a little bit different. Um, yeah, people were not there to see the women's 5,000 meter I do prelim. think, though. I Some think, people were. I think yeah. there were. Chris Farley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it mattered if when you went. I mean, they were. They, it was pretty packed. All, Even the, all the track and field events, events were, were packed. Were packed. Yeah. I well, mean, because it's not key events. All I can say is that because we were trying to get, get tickets, tickets for the yeah. morning session, and and it, those were Difficult. hard to come by because yeah. of the because of the two hundred prelims. Yeah, so we the five thousand meter prelim was probably about ten or ten thirty in the morning, and um, you know it was an incredible experience to to get on that line in the beginning. And my main goal, obviously, being there was to make the final. Um, Coach Gagliano, I was his thirteenth athlete to make the team. Thirteenth um, athlete to to ever make an Olympic team, um, but he had never coached anyone to make an Olympic final. Mm. So I wanted to be his first athlete to make the final. Lucky number thirteen. I know there was a lot of great things that happened with thirteen that year, um, but so you had to finish in the top five to get the automatic qualifier into the final. And I I was in the first heat. There were two heats, um, and I nabbed that. Uh, fifth spot so and was that did you PR in that race as well or um I did yeah Yeah. so so and and it was probably the one of the best feelings of like I didn't feel like I was PRing I was shocked Mm -hmm. when I saw the time um and it was it was pretty cool so crossed the line hit got the automatic fifth spot um ran 1505 and um yeah there was some there was definitely some panic I remember seeing Molly as she was in the second heat along with Kim and I remember, like, I was, like, so relieved because I got my spot. And then um, they're they're getting ready to go. And she's, like, panicking because I was the fifth spot, the, like, the fifth automatic. And the, 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 the next two times would go to the final. And the two times behind me were still under 15-10. So the girls were going to have to run really fast to get to that final, yeah. um, which they ended up doing. I think Molly ran, like, 15-01 to make the final. Um but so we made the final. It was two days later, and uh, yeah, it was it was at night. It was under the lights. It was it was an unbelievable evening experience. Um, the race itself didn't go very well for me. Um, the it was very tactical, so the race really got heated up in the last eight hundred meters. And when they kind of uh, switched gears, I was ready for it, but my body wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I went to to switch gears with them and. Um, my body thought something otherwise. So, <laughs> so I, I, I was not able to, to cover the move. Um, there was no way I was going to be able to run as fast as they did that last 800 meters. But um, I, de- I wanted to be, you know, in the in the top eight. Um, I think I ended up finishing 11th. I think you were 11th. Yeah. Or 11th or 13th. No, no way to know. Yeah. yeah. 11th no or 13th in know. the world is, is not, not too, too bad. Yeah, so it was an it was an awesome evening. It was definitely a little disappointing, um, but I think you know overall it was just an incredible experience. And then, and and you you've imagined making this Olympic final, and you've thought about this night every every night when you when you put your head down on the pillow. You you imagine this night, 
So post-race, your post-race dinner was exactly oh, what you imagined oh, man. this moment would be, right? Yeah, I thought, we, I, thought I was going to have people like, you know, li- hoisting me on their shoulders and <laughs> lifting happened, me right? off to like, you know, super fancy restaurants and we'd have this crazy wild night. It would just be so incredible. And um, I'm in a food court with several Kai Shai members and actually um, Edmund Burke, who had been one of my training super partners fan, Edmund at Burke. AU. Yeah. And he... Um, he had come to London to watch the races. It was awesome. So, yeah, I ended up in a food court. Um, having a McDonald's yeah, burger. Having, I, I don't even know what I ate. There were barely no. any places that were even open. I was, like, trying to find anything to eat. And you guys were getting so antsy because you wanted to go to the casino. I was like, this is my <laughs> night. And, of course, Kai Shai made it about Kai Shai. No, come off of that. Yeah, come off of that. true. We She's were recreating history. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> ungrateful. Yeah, seriously. So ungrateful. We paid for her uh, piece yeah. of pizza. Yeah, exactly. Our, my, um, our friend Dana, she's like saw pictures of this post-Olympic dinner. And she was like, that's like what – that's like looks like – my post race di- like in high school right. yeah <laughs> like you go to the food court yeah exactly right. it, it had that kind of charm too <laughs> yeah it did um well great uh story great series of stories there yeah. um and just qu- quickly just let everybody know you're you're now still running and coaching at georgetown so yep. living in dc again yeah, so I I moved mm. back down Virginia. to uh, Virginia. Oh, Joanna. Virginia. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I've, yeah I moved late. back to the metro area uh, in 2013 and uh, started training under Matt Centrowitz again. Um, and was this an easier train? Like, did you have to call a few times? How much did you it? cry on yeah. this yeah. one? Yeah, I think you felt bad for me. He was just like, "Yeah, fine, whatever." Like, we already know each other. It's not that big of a deal. But um, and and, and yeah, so I, I'm. Continue to be sponsored by ASICS. Um, my contract with them is through the end of 2016, so I think they have some hope that I'll, you know, pull off another 2012. Um, What's your goal? My goal is to make the team next summer. Um, but I've I've had a in what event in the 5K. Um, but I've had so many injuries in the last three years that I'm. It's the the goal is is really kind of scaring me right now so i haven't had a a a year of um uninterrupted training so right now i'm currently healthy and um i'm coaching at georgetown assistant coach with the women's team there and uh yeah it's actually been a great environment um the 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 coach of the women's program mike is actually now my coach so we can hop in and out of workouts with the women which is wonderful because they're a top five team in the country so it's a it's a great kind of um a great kind of environment for me to be in right now. So I continue to keep the dream alive um, and we'll kind of see how it plays out in the next couple months. Is there any um, other exciting news in your, your life? Yes, there is some really exciting news to talk about. Joanna already knows. Oh, I do know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today She's we... She's not pregnant. No. I mean, I seriously. I think yeah. uh, if her parents are listening or, or yeah. my mom's listening, yeah, she was hopeful that's, too, but that's, no. That's probably what they're thinking. I um, thought this is where we were going too. No, yeah. No. It would be really hard for me to make the Olympic team if I was pregnant. No. Yeah. Um, Says you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, I'm sure crazier things have happened. Um, we add, we did add a new member to our family today though. We, we bought a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of dog is it, Chris? 
A German short hair pointer. Wow. Yes. Very similar to my good friend Aaron Barrett's dog. <laughs> Yeah, was that's how we met Aaron Barrett was we were, because I saw his German short-haired pointer puppy and we had been talking about Julie, puppies for a long time. Julie, they all know this story already. <laughs> I know, but that's how we got that's how we got connected to him. So, um, not Wait, that we're so actually a, connected to him, but There's a dog at your house and you've been here at the studio. No, for three no, no, hours. no. We are we're picking her up on Sunday. So yes. we we bought her today. We met her today. And, it, and it's funny that uh, we went to this breeder and the breeder the breeder said that, yeah, they, you know, we've had a number of people come by and they were going to look at this litter, but the uh, the 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 sire is it the sire or is it the the dam? Which one? The, the mom. S- the sire is the, oh, the horse. Dam. The, <laughs> yeah. the dam. The mom. The mom hadn't had the babies yet, and he said uh, the breeder said, yeah, this nice young couple came by. And I think he was a player for the Washington Nationals. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so, so they had been there, too. They had been there, too. So our connection to Aaron Barrett and continues. his dog, continues. Trigger, um, continues. And Joanna frequently sees. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Sick of him. So it's I think like not special anymore. Not a, yeah, it's I not think, even a big I think deal. Chris is going to become like a pro dog walker. He might take a hiatus from Pacers because he will be so excited to potentially run into... Aaron Barrett walking his dog. Hey, look, we have the same dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, how did that happen? Stalk you better hope much. the do- you better hope the dogs like each other. That's yeah. true. Yeah, they're both puppies, so they're probably still. They're probably well. Will. Trigger is probably a boy. Yeah, Trigger is a boy, true. and your dog is a girl. Yeah, uh, that's true. We could. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a little too so young. That, that <laughs> is. Um, yeah, so that's, they're still children. That's that's exciting news. I hope I've never had a dog. I am. Getting used to this idea. You're going to be a terrible, terrible um, dog, dog father. Owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, the dog father. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Snoop Dogg reference. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are still looking for a name, so uh, if you got any suggestions, you know, don't Ooh. don't tweet us. But we'll give you a pair of shoes. Whoever <laughs> 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 so can name the dog. No, because we don't necessarily want to go with whatever yeah. suggestions come come but about. You're, and but you're entertaining suggestions. Yeah. We would entertain suggestions. Sure. Uh, the dog's name currently right now is uh, Mila. And that's the breeder's name for her. But um, Mila Kunis. I, I have. A, she I, I actually. Like a I actually have a. a we both have a, f- a friend couple um, who just had a daughter named Mila. So we thought it'd be kind of weird if we kept the yeah. dog's name Mila. Or if we called it Luigi, which was <laughs> which was my vote, but that got shot down. There's that, ar- yeah. There's already one Luigi out yeah, there. Yeah, Luigi's uh, obviously Julie. Luigi's dog. one of a kind. Yeah. All right, Julie. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, It was hard to track you down, so I really appreciate you being (laughs) on the 20th episode of the program. Do you listen to the show? I do listen to the show. You're a huge fan of the show, right? I am a huge fan of the show. Come on, help us up here. It's gotten me through a lot of runs, I have to say. A lot of good laughs. Um, You've got some characters on the show now that have, have really started to develop. So you guys uh, have a fan base. I went to uh, the I went to the um, first happy hour. There were some people there that were really excited to meet you guys. That's it was true. really cool. Very true. I, I wanted to close your interview with this question here, though. A questionnaire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite moment of the show? Who is your favorite guest of the show? And who is your favorite host of the show? 
know that this is fair. Well, uh, let's do it anyway. She's <laughs> not going to say Farley. <laughs> She's definitely not. Moment of the show. Um, oh, see, this is all going to be Coach Centrowitz related. Yeah. I, his interview to me was, I, I had a bunch of the girls on the team listen to it too because they, and we got so many good laughs about it. But I did, I loved hearing that um, that Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner reference. Great, mo- great moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that was my that was my that's favorite. episode seven. Is that right, Docs? I believe so. Episode seven. Go back mm-hmm. if you haven't heard episode seven. That's a good one to listen to. Uh, your favorite guest on the show, I guess, would be Centro. Yeah. Sorry, Sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and your favorite uh, Sandwich is a really close second. Yeah. Well, he was a close first, and everybody else's list. So, <laughs> uh, so your favorite host of the show is. <sighs> Don't make me do this. Yeah, you got to do it. You can just say my name. It's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Docs. Yes, Docs it is. <laughs> but if you're gonna tweet it, you have to say Joanna. But my <laughs> but my favorite female host of the show is. <laughs> All right, that's like when my dad <laughs> says that I'm his favorite daughter. Yeah, like a, a, a yeah. PBR move. Yeah, no doubt. Sorry. All right, this is Pace Nation, and we're sitting down with Julie Cully. Uh, good interview. Thank you for joining us, Julie. Thank you, and Chris, don't be mad at me. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. We uh, as we send Julie off, we had a um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna hold off since that was. I mean, we, it's a it's a long interview, and Joanna is. I mean, we already thought that um, we'd blow past her bedtime. Now we're an hour and a half past her bedtime. I'm about to blow past her waking up time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, seriously. So uh, thank you for hanging in there with us. Um, I I did want to get to one tweet of the week. Well, it's, the weird thing is that when you say that this is uh, a long show, I'm going to edit 95% of what Julie said out. People <laughs> are going to be like, why is that a long show? It took like five seconds. <laughs> we did hear from uh, Andy who said uh, he asked this question, any thoughts on running on a bike lane? During off-peak times as a runner and a cyclist, I'm still conflicted. We're going to address that next week, Andy. So I just wanted to make sure that uh, you knew that we uh, – it's been seen and it's been seen acknowledged. Seen and we've, we've, we're going to address, I think it's a good question, and you can tweet us your questions at Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. I also wanted to say another thing. We, we did try to line Sandwich Todd up for this, we did. Uh, yep. for this show. It didn't work out, so... Uh, don't hate on us. We're, yeah. we're, we're trying to get them back. Sandwich fans out there. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. We're going to get an update. The uh, November 12K U.S. Championships is coming fast, and we want to make sure uh, that we get our update on how Sandwich is running and uh, if he is going to do as well as he'd hoped. Also, guys, I talked to Maggie Smith this week, trying to track her down for next week's program. She's got a great story that was profiled in Runner's World, I believe in last month's Runner's World, so she'll be on to talk to us about her story, her inspirational story, and how running has been such a positive influence in her life, so that should be fun. All right, Joanna E. and William E., good show, guys. Sorry I was late again, but we soldiered through. I want to thank our guest, Julie Cully. I want to thank my co-host, Joanna and Docs. And I'm Chris Farley. This has been Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week.